Hey everybody, Donnie Turner here at the Free for Life podcast show, and I'm very uh, excited to introduce my guest for the show today. He's actually um, a former captain of his cross-country team in the University of West Florida, manager of a million-dollar storefront at Feet First Running. He actually worked two years at Nike over in uh, Oregon as a content manager, also was a project manager for the uh, Ironman company doing the ultimate triathlons and actually created his own business called Artikin three years ago. Uh, Christopher, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Donnie. Glad to be here. Actually, glad to be here at HQ, but I'm glad you came to visit. Um, it's actually my first podcast ever, so nice. super excited to see how this pans out. Nice, man. That, that's super exciting. I love that. Um, Christopher is actually CEO and founder of the company called Artikin. And it's a super cool company. I just loved it from the start ever since I first saw it. It actually, its goal is just to bring, you know, unique Kenyan products such as bracelets like what I'm wearing right now over here to America. It's handmade by Kenyans. And um, Artikin actually is short for Kenyan artisan. And honestly, the best part about this company is that 10% of every purchase that you make goes to uh, clean water efforts over in Africa. And that kind of leads straight into my first question for you, man. Um, how did you become inspired to start a company that would positively change the world? I mean, I, I, you know, every single success story when it comes to new companies, I mean, profit is the idea, mm. you know. And um, there's just this new idea coming out. And it, it started with a guy named John Mackey, and he helped co-found Whole Foods. So you're in good company. Okay. And um, a guy named Raj, and they created this idea called conscious capitalism, where it was just companies with higher purposes will prevail. P- people over profits, purpose over profits. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I saw your company and its mission of just bringing clean water to Kenyans and just doing that right out of the gate, it just really reminded me of the idea of just conscious capitalism. So I guess, yeah, my first question is, you know, we all were in business to make money, but you, it, it really seems like to me that you came in to make a change. Yeah, no. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, it, there's, two, there's two sides. Other, other farther, is this good? Yeah, it should be good. It's okay. Right yeah, so um, there was obviously... A lot of inspiration wanting to do others or help others. Uh, I had read a book I was just telling you a little bit earlier ago. Um, the guy who founded Tom's, those Tom shoes, and for every shoe you buy, you, he gives another one. Um, it's been a while since I've read that book, but I was really actually inspired by that book um, and his mission of like, actually, it'll come back to you. And that's obviously not something you want to like, you want to give to have expectations to get something back. But, um, at the end of the day, uh, you've got to just, it, it's the right thing to do. Um, and since all of our product is handmade in Kenya, as you mentioned, I wanted to just, how could we help the country that's doing, helping Artican, right? Like yeah. he, at the end of the day, they're helping Artican, they're helping our bottom line. And um, I wanted to make sure that we can definitely give back to them. So clean water um, was it? Really, there was no, it was non-negotiable. After speaking with Paul, um, Paul Chalimo, a, a silver medalist in 2016 Olympic Games, that uh, clean water is a big issue there, and the accessibility was an issue. And, um, yeah, there was no thought, like you had mentioned, 
giving back is uh, is instrumental. So I'm yeah. glad we could do something for sure. And we'll continue to do something. And right now we're uh, getting into a production facility, hopefully opening up in a couple weeks and having the entire facility based around like clean water where the staff can have um, all the water they need to take home or whatever. I'm trying to figure that out right now. Dude, that's amazing. And um, so just to just to share a little bit of his story, he, um, you know, could could you share that with us a little bit and how you um, how you did it? Just just really brief. I I, I love this story and I just want to hear it from yeah, him. I don't want to I don't want to steal it from you. Cool. I try to make it in a nutshell. So uh, I had always admired uh, a bracelet that was handmade in Kenya that my teammate wore. Uh, he wasn't able to source one for me. So fast forward to like 2014 or 15 when I had uh, met, uh, or sorry, 2016, I came across uh, Paul Chalimo, same guy who had one on his wrist. And um, I was like, there it is. It's the bracelet. I need it. Please get me one. Um, we'll do whatever. And same situation. He um, was like, I'll get you one when I go back to Kenya. That's where they're all made. And sure enough, he was true to his worth. It's on video. One second, I think, I actually. Here it is. Uh, oh, wow. That's, this is the first one. That's the first one. Holding it in my hand right now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it. Yeah, so that's actually the first bracelet that was ever made for me. Paul had got my name on it with the Kenyan flag, and then I just took it to work at Nike, and then there was coworkers wanting it, friends wanting it. And then I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's figure it out. How am I going to launch this company? Naming the brand, like you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, Kenya Artisan. I took those two words. I swapped them like Adidas did with Adi Dossler. Um, and, uh, yeah, I made the brand name. And from there, I was like, as bad as I wanted this bracelet, as bad as I see everyone else wants this bracelet, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close the gap. I'm going <laughs> to be the middleman. So uh, that's how it started. So you obviously, you know, flew to Kenya mm-hmm. and just saw how, how everything's going down over there, the living conditions. Yep. I'm sure that was like a, an intense spiritual journey, sort of like, was there, was there something that just clicked over there? Like, okay, now is the time, now or never, yeah. we're going to have to do this. Yeah, and I get, um, I swallow a perspective pill every time I go to Kenya. Like, nobody will ever can truly, truly understand how blessed we are. In the United States, even I'd go as far as like people who don't have it well can find a way out um, if they obviously with the right network. I don't want I don't know everyone's situation, but there are a lot of people there who just like they're stuck, and it's uh, it's a very tough situation with the accessibility. A lot of people, most people walk miles and miles to fetch water and then a lot of females there don't go to school because that's their job is to to fetch water um and yeah it's a it's a tough tough situation that's a completely different podcast yeah yeah Um, but yeah it's very uh it's very different there and as far as like every time i go um it where just like everyone here has a car almost like you're 16 and here's a car and (laughs) And that's not the case over there. It's completely, but everyone's outside walking, uh, transportation. Um, now, if you land in Nairobi, it's a different story. It's a major hub. It's just, infrastructure is doing very well, um, but not far outside of the the capital. It's a, it's a different world. Yeah. You know, um, we were just talking about this earlier before we started recording. And I mean, just every time we turn the faucet, 
and we just see that that stream of clean water. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, anybody that grew up in America can't imagine it. I can't imagine it, and yeah. just how blessed we really are. And I just, you know, it's it's like if you think about it, it's kind of our duty, you know, yeah. just to to get out there and because you know, just the whole idea. I mean, this is starting to become a con- conscious capitalism episode, but yeah, right. just um, bringing that value, putting putting those artisans, those artists over in Kenya to work, giving them a job, giving them a living wage, and bringing fresh water to the village. Mm-hmm. Guys, please check out um, his Instagram profile, Artikin. Uh, you get A-R-T-I-K-E-N. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. And they have a little IG story there. And it just gives you the smallest glimpse of what it's like in Kenya. And just that the, the joy and the cheer in the kids' faces when they, <laughs> they put the water there. I mean, I could only see it in a photo. You got to experience that. It's, 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 it's hard to imagine. and I can't even explain it. It's amazing. And uh, as far as the artisans, yeah. Uh, first and foremost, I'll make sure that we pay higher than the average wage in Kenya. Uh, that was another thing we were not going to ever um, have to worry about, that they're going to make more doing what, with us than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, um, yeah, they it's as we scale, we need more and more artisans. Um, it's so easy to find because the unemployment rate is so high there. So every purchase, like, go so far because it's just more and more jobs there. I don't know. The government is a little not honest. Um, I don't know if that's something we want to say. It's up to you. but yeah. And I'll repeat that. Just The government is not super honest with the unemployment rate. So there's a ton of individuals who are uh, um, looking for work. So every purchase does not just provide clean water, but it provides like um, an income for many people. So and you could tell when like business is slow with us, we'll get email. Our our product production manager will be like, um, "Is there any more coming?" We like they want our work. They want our they want more work. So um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely good to give back, um, and we're glad we can. And we'll we'll continue to do more and more clean water projects. And I will uh, mention that we do partner with the Water Project. Um, so. We do, in the beginning, it was like more or less me because the donations were so much smaller that I had a contact over there. But as we're growing, um, I just can't cut $1,000 checks to individuals. So we're uh, happy to partner with the Water Project, who, uh, who handles the, the funds. Dude, um, you know, I just got to say, I could just see you light up when you're talking about it. I mean, you know, this is, this is a guy and this is a company with purpose, mm-hmm. you know, and it, when, when, you're, when you're entering business with a purpose, you know, other than profit, you're going to have the drive. You're going to go for it. And, and, yeah, and the profit will come. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. I think it's just a universal truth. You know, I mean, there's different ways to say it. You could call it karma. You could call it the golden rule. But you get what you give, yeah. definitely. And um, we, we were talking about this a little bit. I wanted to bring it up again. Just that um, right out of the gate. You decided to give 10%, 10% of the revenues to uh, clean water. and 10% of the net profit. 10% of the net profit. And most businesses, especially right out of the gate, would, would not do that. Maybe when they're, you know, a couple million dollars in net profit, they're like, okay, let's, let's, let's cut a couple checks. But this was 
you know, the mission from the beginning. And, you know, saying that, I think a lot of us, we're, we're walking around in this world and we, we kind of think we can't really make a difference. You know, I, I don't have the power to help people. You know, I, I'm not rich enough or I'm not strong enough or I just, I can't help. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love what you're doing with this company, man, because you're proving them all wrong. Yeah. You know, it, it, you don't need to be a millionaire, billionaire to help people. We, we either it's something small or it's something big, like what you're doing, you know? Um, do you agree with that? Do you have any comments on that? No, I completely agree. Um, this, I'm, a, I'm not a big fan of talking politics, yeah. um, but a big thing that politicians like to say is the average donation that they receive from the individuals. It's like our average donation is 12 or $20, and it's across 16 million people or 5 million people, it just, like, and they have like the largest budget through so many people. So back to the whole it doesn't really matter how much money you make to have to give back you can finding a way to whether it's cutting that starbucks drink or cutting whatever five bucks uh, i mean i started the company on 700 dollars that was done practically through a kickstarter and it really it came through my friends uh, it 100 percent came through my friends and that 700 dollars built the website so it really doesn't take much. And I mean, if everyone gave, like how fast the Notre, the Notre Dame Cathedral went down yeah. and how many, there was a lot of play, big players that kicked in, but the average donation outside of the, what we heard on the media, like the big money, millions that were donated, was incredible. If everyone in the world put forth, everyone in the U.S. put forth $1 towards the Amazon rainforest, um, you would see a huge change. So um, now we're glad, we're glad that we could start from the beginning um, with clean water uh, initiative or clean net profits going to uh, clean water initiatives. Yeah. No, that's that's so true. I mean, I, I think you're right when you say that. I mean, it's not the big fishes that make the difference. It's, it's the millions of little fishes out there, and it's just so much more powerful. That'll make the huge wave, not the big whale. So I, I just love how you said that. That, that was beautiful. Yeah, and actually, um, and this is a little off topic. It's like Kim Kardashian. She had launched this brand uh, like two, three months ago or something called Kimono. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a shapewear. A shapewear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was this, she launched this brand called Kimono. Um, I guess it was like, and it, the word is uh, not good in the other side of the, the world. Mm. Um, I don't know exactly, but the feed, it was not received well, the name of the brand. And... Uh, Social media blew her up, and last night or yesterday, she uh, uh, announced the new brand name, hmm. um, which is huge because yeah. Komodo, like, she had gone through, she had filed her trademark, she had, like, a whole bunch of stuff printed with the name, and then all the little guns, all of us, me and you, came in and were like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't name that this because of X, Y, Z, uh, and they completely rechanged the name of the brand, so... Um, yeah, no, it's uh, little people do big things. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of, that goes in line. Um, I'm reading this book right now. I'm going to put a link into the show notes. It's called um, Whiplash, mm-hmm. and it's just talking about how the world is changing right now and how kind of, you know, we saw the industrial age turn into the information age, and we seeing, we're seeing all the changes happen with social media and all the power of it. You know, Kickstarter, you mentioned, mm-hmm. yeah. and just um, everybody 
little tiny amounts of money and creating these huge businesses. And that's one of the things, I mean, you know, we're, we're entering this stage where the big people don't really have the power anymore. It's the little people now. Sure. And you just had, you just had a really good example of that. It's just the way that the internet was able to connect all of us and we were able to make a difference. But uh, I love that. And, um, that, that, that was great. That was a, that was an amazing first part of the show. So on this show, we're, we're mindset and we're mechanics. Okay. So um, that, that was kind of the first half, and that was, that was amazing. I love it. And the second half, I just just a little more focused. Um, you know, you you were well, you were the captain of your cross country team, mm-hmm. and I'm a I'm a runner too, and you know I just I look up to my captain and all that and to my coach, and you know there's a couple creeds. There's a couple just ethos of running Mm -hmm. and um you know that just that are just in the heart and soul of running and running culture i think you know one of the big ones you know no pain no gain and you know just mind over matter you know we're we're so much more powerful than we think we are i think you'd agree with that just you know when you think when you ran six miles and you think you ain't got any more you probably got six more left yeah and you know all that experience from running are you still a runner um, I would use that term loosely. Okay. Uh, well, really Sorry. Um, well, you know, just, you know, you have incredible experience in running and you know exactly what running's about. Were you able to apply anything you learned from running into business? Just the not quitting mentality, the no pain, no gain? A hundred percent. Um, a hundred percent. Yes. The, the, a runner, they, uh, they actually make statistically show that they make incredible employees. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, you have to look into that more. I, I don't want to like state a stat and be wrong, but uh, <laughs> over on the record, uh, runners make incredible employees. So, with that said, no, for sure, it's the whole relentless to not quit. We've been on long runs where we were like a twelve mile run, and we're two miles out, and there is no other way to get home other than their feet. And maybe you're completely dehydrated because you didn't drink enough before you went out. You're dead. Whatever the case may be, you're taking yourself to the finish line. Um, and it's also a team sport. So every, the top five uh, people really count. So if you're having a bad race and you're sitting and you know you're in the fifth place, some people like can mentally check out if you're like, you're the sixth guy, mm-hmm. um, because you know, your score is not going to count. But, uh, there's been many races throughout my college career where I was the number five guy and just as important as the number one guy, because the whole point scale to, um, for the awards, um, and you just have to go all in all the way to the finish line. And that, and that carries over to business for sure. And the fact that it's, um, it's tough creating or oh, creating your business, managing your own business. Um, it, it's tough uh, accountability. Like you have to get up and you have to, you have deadlines and from the accountability on the accountability to running, like uh, every day you miss, you may be like you're two days behind. If you take a week off, you're like starting over as far as your fitness level. So you have to be accountable in running. You have to be accountable. Um, uh, I'm, I hold myself accountable with a planner. Plan to fail if you fail to plan. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, a lot of it carries over. Running has been very instrumental to my success in business. Um, I've heard a saying before. I don't know. Let me know if you've heard it, but um, there was this guy, I think he was in the Silicon Valley, and he said something that kind of struck me. You know, they, they all like to use running analogies, 
And he said, you know, startups, it's a marathon, mm. but it's sprinkled with sprints. Mm, so there, there's sprints in there. So yeah. you might have a couple of weeks where you're like, I don't know if the company's going to die or if it's going to live. So you just got to sprint for it. But at the same time, I mean, it's just, it's a marathon because it's just kind of like, would you say like a mind game, just trying to survive and trying to mm-hmm. thrive, you know, just more than, you know, survive, but thrive, trying to, what, what, do you, what would you say about that? I think that is beyond accurate. I've had, and granted, I've been in business for three years now. I didn't really do this full time. It was a side hustle for two and a half uh, years. But now that I'm like completely invested in, there's no, um, there's nothing to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Like when it was a side hustle, I had, oh, it's whatever. I'm going to go to work tomorrow and make my money. Uh, now it's, it's, it can't falter. Yeah. So there are definitely sprints along the way. I've had good weeks and then uh, there's like bad weeks where traffic is low on the site and you're like, Oh my God. And then traffic leads to conversion, which leads to sales, which leads to money in the bank, which leads to, um, yeah, I mean, from deadlines to, uh, to whatever the case may be, there's definitely sprints within the marathon and the marathon is to last longer than the average business is within business. Um, that's why I always encourage to study the people who have been in the game for the long time. Like you can study your, your businesses who are like on the map, Right now, maybe your Facebooks, and they're obviously doing a lot of things right. But like, name all the like Nike. They've been around since the seventies, and they're still at the top. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely an admiration, uh, and there's definitely going to be sprints along the marathon. That's a good. That's a great quote. That sweet man. You know, thank you for sharing. You know that wisdom there. Um, I I noticed uh, most of your marketing marketing seems you know. Social, social media, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, just like peer-to-peer, just, you know, honestly, I think probably your best uh, marketing is the fact that people are wearing these bracelets. People will stop me all the time. They're like, hey, what's that on your wrist? And just, mm-hmm. you know, seeing all the professional athletes wear it. It's just, it's a really cool advertising model because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like you're spending too much on it, and it's just taken off. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. Um we're blessed back to the whole, we're fortunate that what we have today, there was not in the seventies or eighties and even nineties where we're like, we're a touch away from touching anyone in the, in the world. I mean, you can geo go to Instagram, geotag a random part in the Philippines and a beach in the Philippines. And you can see who was there throughout the day and you could connect with that person. You couldn't do that 10, 15 years ago. So um, yeah, social media is 100% a massive revenue generator for us. Instagram, for sure. Um, yeah, Instagram, uh, social media. And we're in, as far as we're not spending too much because, again, we're still in the small business startup phase. Uh, we have to watch every single dollar. I can tell you where every dollar is at right now. <laughs> um, well, that's, that's good. Yeah, so social media, is, um, it's been good because, you know, you can make a post and at the same time, you can engage with all the individuals who are excited about your brand, and we definitely uh, engage with those who are excited. And, um, and then, of course, what's powerful is the word of mouth. So once it's on their wrist, we're confident that our product is um, great, such as like the brakes that you have. And then we know that your friends will pick up on it and see it and then want it as well. So we do the social media um, pretty well, and the product will speak for itself. Do you have any quick tips on, you know, how to scale on social media on Instagram? Um, 
genuine. I'd say there's a lot of individuals who like look for a um, specific content strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being true to who you are, because there's so many different people who do it exceptionally. I mean, there's people who have like styling palettes, and then there's people who do just videos, and there's people who do uh, captions on only one line. There's people at the end of the day, it's just consistency. Um, it's making sure you're pub posting at least once a day. I mean, as far as you quantity versus quality, that's a different discussion, but making sure you're consistent. And that's like a lifestyle. You're consistent that you always put in time to your business. You're consistent that you always put out content. You're consistent with your message that 10% goes into this. You're consistent in, in running because if you take a day off or two, you're going to lose fitness. And you know, it's just consistency for sure is be my biggest tip. Yeah. Yeah, man. Amen. You know, yeah. I mean, you just tied it to running. That's, that's exactly what went to my mind. You know, it's so, it's, it's hilarious how quick you could fall off just from a couple of days days. (laughs) and you're like, ah, training sucks. But, um, you know, um, I was actually, I I keep talking about books on this podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to leave it in the show notes too. Um, (laughs) and it's called the tipping point and it's kind of similar. It reminded me of what you're talking about and it's just, you know, enough people talking about the product enough scaling do you got it this yeah. guy he got it you see yeah. great minds think alike and <laughs> and um just enough people talking about it and it gets to this point where it just tips over and then everybody is talking about it and you know i think you're you're, you're putting in the effort now you're putting in you know you're putting in that hard miles so that when you get to the conference you could win at it mm-hmm. I, I i really think so i just just from what i've seen and interviewing you now i I got I got great hope and faith for your company, man. I just, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. It's funny you mentioned the tipping point because um, I use it a lot, especially in the past month with uh, with our team, and it's a smaller team of like five employees. But um, I mention it all the time. We're at the, we're at the tipping point after the rebrand on July fourth um, with all of the new product and all of the just new programs from the brand ambassador program to the wholesale opportunities to everything that we just rolled out to a a strong content strategy and so much more. Um, The tipping point, uh, the tipping point is near and there's never like what makes or breaks like little Nas's one town, (laughs) whether it's a one hit wonder or not. um, That song was his tipping point, but then also capitalizing on the tipping point. So um, whatever the case may be, uh, I feel like the tipping point is always, even when we've hit it, we're waiting for the next tipping point. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You know, multiple tipping points. Um, there's another book. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> and it's called The Entrepreneurial Roller Coaster by Darren Hardy. Okay. And it's just the ups and downs in yeah. business, you know. And, you know, yeah, you're, you know, you're going to climb up and then you might go down, but it's going to come back up until eventually. But I think, I mean, I think you just said it was, it's consistency. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's, that's, that's the make or break it. It's not... You, you said before we started recording, I mean, there is no secret. There, there, there is no, uh, you know, there's no... There's no right time. Yeah, there's no hidden secret that, okay, if I do this, boom, I'm successful. It's hard work, consistency, not giving up, mm-hmm. and then eventually one day you're going to reach that tipping point. Would you agree? Uh, no, for sure. That's all it is. If I were to, like, ever pass on anything, um, it's just never give up, it's the, which you can kind of align it with consistent, but... It's never give up. It's why I've got 
the specific tattoos that I have. It was one of the first bracelets that I wore for like two years. It was never give up um, because there are the, what do you call it, the roller coaster. There's ups and downs for sure. There's days where you're like, especially when I first started, um, actually two, three weeks ago was the first time in like a year where I didn't have a sale on a day. And I was like, that destroyed my ego. Not the fact, and like the week was a very strong week, mm-hmm. but the fact that I didn't have one sale on that day, which hadn't occurred in about one year, was like, oh my God, what, what could I have done differently? Like, what? how could I have just one bracelet have gone out the door? So there's going to be ups and downs, and I, uh, it's good that you talk about reading. You should continue to push that platform because, you know, Warren Buffett, the richest man of Bezos, maybe, but for the longest time, the richest man in the world, you know, he, he reads six hours a day. Yeah. And it, it's crazy. Six hours a day. How could he be efficient? How could he be productive? And, of course, um, he may not have done that for the longest part, but you learn to you learn, learn to leverage your resources and you can read six and you'll learn like, oh, I don't need to be involved at this. I could be doing this. Yeah. And, um, and reading is definitely, it's huge. And I've, most of what I know, I mean, those are the books I'm going through right now on my wow. desk. So, um, Devouring them. Trying to. One a month is the goal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. One a month is the goal. <laughs> yeah, I'm on this thing right now. I don't do it every day. I, I try. I really try a chapter a day. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've been trying to do. It's kind of hardcore, but yeah. That's it. That's all it is. And you'll pick up something. Sorry. Yeah, yeah you'll pick up something instrumental in that, a chapter. Um, and at the end of the day, it's habits. If you don't commit yourself to a chapter a day, you'll slip up. If, if I don't commit to myself working starting at 9 a.m., I might push myself to 9.15 because I work at my house. You know, I can, I can do technically whatever, but um, it, it's having a plan. So sticking to 9 a.m., sticking to one chapter, sticking to something, um, or you'll fall off. So, no, it's good. That's a good idea. Sweet. I love it. Yeah, and, you know, just one last thing about books. You know, um, I've heard somebody say before, I, I can't quote it directly, so, you know, don't quote me. But reading books is just peering into the mind of the author. You know, that author was took the time to give you his or her knowledge, and you just get it. You know, for nine ninety nine. I mean, yeah. it's insane. It's yeah. it's the ultimate leverage, you know. And you know, after saying that, I just want to say, you know, um, you know, thank you for giving me your time, man. I know how valuable it is, and um, just this podcast. It's been hugely valuable to me. I know it's going to be amazing, amazingly valuable to you guys. Um, yeah, I love it. Thanks, man. Um, any last, you know, comments, remarks before we go? Hmm. Yeah. I posted on Facebook the other day that we will be industry leaders in the jewelry industry by 2030. I would love for everyone to come back if you're still hopefully doing podcasting and real estate or whatever you're doing to check this chapter back out uh, in 2019. But in 11 years from now, uh, we'll be the largest jewelry company in the in. We'll be the largest jewelry company in the industry. So, uh, and other than that, no, you. It's good to read. Uh, another quote readers are leaders yeah. um so uh, other than that nope it's been an honor thank you so much for having me on your show uh thank you so much for wearing the product it means a lot uh, i'm gonna have to make sure we hook you up with another one on your way out and uh, other than that um yeah whenever you need anything you know where to find me yeah th- thank you again man it- it's been a lot you know um yeah so 
you know, th- this is a, this is a pleasure, guys. We we're, we're catching him in the early days. Yeah, you really are. You know, it's like it's like knowing Jeff. It's, it's like knowing Steve Jobs when he was out the garage. You know what I mean? This, yeah. so you know, huge pleasure, and. Now yeah, keep, there it is, Phil Knight. Shoe Dog. If you've not read Shoe Dog, it's an incredible book, um, and I feel the very same way about where we are with the company, where Nike was in the earlier days, and we've seen the awesome photo of Jeff Bezos with the Amazon yep. thing on his wall. Um, that's exactly where we are right now. So, um, I mean, the display for the store just came out literally a couple hours ago, and 10 years from now... Um, they may not have heard this podcast, but their son or daughter or them will be wearing our bracelets. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a bold statement, man. And that's, that's, that's how you do it. That's how you change the world, bold statements. So, you know, um, yeah, Donnie Turner signing off. And don't, for, don't ever forget, never stop running.